Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a walk in their stilettos so we can continue to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. I get inspired when I see other women succeeding and just doing amazing things. And, you know, that inspires me to want to do more. But what I love most of all is to hear their backstories and how they got there. So today's guest is going to share with us her walk. So we've got Brittany Garth. She is a business success coach, the author of Dear Pink, and owner of Pink Inc., She has been featured on MTV, the TD Jakes talk show, the Huffington Post, CBS and NBC News, Essence Magazine, and several other national and international publications for her work as a leading life coach to women, in addition to being selected by Forbes Magazine as a top business coach within her industry for the Forbes Coaches Council. So please welcome to the show, Brittany Garth. Yay! Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share all the jewels. Yes, yes. I'm excited <laughs> to drop these jewels and these gems with you all today. Love it. I love it. So I like to start with a very simple question because I believe that, you know, all the successful women that have come on the show, everyone has all these multiple titles and I believe that's beautiful, but a title that Mm -hmm. I don't think is given enough credit is our name. So my question to you, Brittany, is do you know what your name means? You know, I'm not too sure of the meaning. Now, I do know where it came from. Um, So (laughs) around the time, I guess in 86, um, Mm -hmm. my mom was living overseas in Korea. And apparently, Britney was a super popular name at that time. There was like some Britney pop star in Korea. And for whatever reason, she said, that's going to be the name of my daughter. She didn't even know she was going to have a girl. Um, I guess at those times there wasn't like um, you know, the type of gender testing that was early on like it is now. So mm-hmm. she, once she got pregnant, she said, I know it's going to be a girl and I know her name's going to be Brittany. And sure enough, I was born and I was given the name Brittany. Mm, okay. So I yeah. had Googled it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had Googled it. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's different um meanings that you can find online of you know different backgrounds mm-hmm. of where it could have come from uh it says it comes from britain <laughs> it says the meaning of the name Brittany is well this one says it's an english name from the land of the britons so regardless it's you know short for important places <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it i will take that I will take it. <laughs> okay, so my next question to you is, um, how did you get into coaching? I mean, most of us have a pain story that birthed our destiny into, you know, why we wanted to coach. But how did Brittany get into coaching? Mine definitely was a, a pain story, for sure. Um, my All of my degrees, all of my background started off in the field of mental health. So I've always wanted and longed to work with women um, in any capacity. I was just serving Um, So I started off with social work and then my main goal was, okay, I want to be the director of a nonprofit agency where I'm 
still able to work within the community of women suffering with different mental illnesses or women trying to reconnect with their children that they may have been uh, displaced from. Mm -hmm. So I was working within this field. Um, You know, I was thinking that this was the end game for me, you know, just doing this for the rest of my life. And um, I had recently purchased a home, recently purchased a car, all these brand new things happening for me. Um, And I don't know if anyone's familiar with nonprofits and how they work financially, but this particular nonprofit, um, they weren't able to get any more funding. Um, So they came in and they just said, hey, look, you know, we're not going to be able to pay you. We're not going to be able to pay your staff, um, but we'll be in touch. We do want you to still come to work, though. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's what I said. said, Well, no, you know, they're they're, going to be able to fix this, right? I mean, there's no way they want me to keep working and they can't pay me. So one day turned into five months and I, of course, lost all of my staff. Um, And I just kept convincing myself that, oh, it's going to change. It's going to change. You know, this is all you know how to do. So you need to stay in this job. Mm -hmm. Um, However, five months unpaid. We already know where this story goes, right? Mm -hmm. Completely Mm -hmm. financially. time. And, you know, because I'm looked at as the strong friend and the strong family member, I absolutely had zero support from anyone, Um, you know, just emotionally as a shoulder to cry on or someone Mm -hmm. to, you know, pay any of my bills. It was all on me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I started becoming depressed because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You know, where is this money going to come from? And, you know, now they're getting ready to, you know, try to repossess my car. My home is getting ready to be foreclosed on. And, you know, these are all brand new things that I had worked so hard to get. And now I'm losing my career on top of that as well. Wow. And I remember, dri- yeah, it was a tough time. And I remember driving home and there's like a 70 cent toll in between, you know, my job at that time and my house. And, you know, I'm like digging through my purse. I'm digging through my glove compartment. And now I don't even have change. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you've hit rock bottom when you don't even have like 70 cents to your name. And I ended up like running the toll, like a dramatic scene in a movie. <laughs> and I got home and I just, <laughs> I just remember thinking, you know, oh my God, you know, you, you had to run a toll today. You have no food. You know, now I'm hungry. And then the lights go off in the house and now I don't even have electricity. Wow. And, um, you know, before this day, I just had this daily routine of just coming home and feeling sorry for myself and feeling depressed, um, you know, because I didn't have an outlet. I had no one to speak to. And on this particular day, because I knew this was definitely my rock bottom, I said, okay, you know, what What else? You know, who can I contact? Who can I lean on, um, you know, as a professional woman in this time of need? And luckily at that time, at least my phone was still on. So I was able to kind of like just Google search, you know, who in the world can I call? Mm-hmm. Um, and the word life coach came up and I was like, man, what in the world is a life coach? Had no clue what a life coach was at that time where I said, look, I want to be able to empower and work with women just like myself, you know, a professional woman that may be going through different things or is just looking for the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I was broke, but I wrote out a business plan. Um, wow. Even though a majority of my background is in um, social work and mental health, I've always been you know, a manager or the director in some capacity. So I knew how to run other people's businesses. So at least I had those <laughs> skills. <laughs> you know, not knowing I was going to have to need to use it for my own. So 
I was able to figure out what it is I needed to do. Um, I was able to contract with other agencies based upon the degrees I already had. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to work for anyone else. You know, I didn't have to do anything brand new. I already had the skills, but I just didn't know how to tap into them at the time. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I was able to save enough capital to start or launch at least my website, which I did design on my own, by the way, and it looked crappy. It looked really bad. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get started. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I tell my clients that all the time. I don't care that you don't have money as a life coach. And, you know, I took it one city at at a time and then one city at a time kind of turned into, you know, one country at a time because I Mm -hmm. wanted to be global. I -hmm. didn't want to just be known as a coach, you know, that was making her mark just in this one local city. Right. I mean, that really worked well for me, I, I must admit, but that's where it all got started. Wow. You know, I can totally <laughs> relate when you when you spoke about like going the five months with no income and things slowly getting cut mm-hmm. off. You know, I went straight mm-hmm. from being a stay at home mom to being an entrepreneur and having mm-hmm. three kids and a mortgage and a car. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And I went eight months with no income coming in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there were oh there goodness. were moments where I I did not eat because I needed to make sure there was enough food for my kids to eat. And right. like you said, when you're that strong person, it's like nobody checks on you. They, everyone thinks, you know what? She's mm-hmm. good. She's got this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're like slowly mm-hmm. dying out. inside. <laughs> but but that yes. having to figure it out, I think, is where the current drive comes from. You don't ever want to mm-hmm. be back in that place. You know, you, you work your way from that pit and you're like, yeah, I'm not going back there again. And I'm going to help everybody else I know stay out of that place. Right. Mm-hmm. So That's me, okay. that can was you, my story. Can you share what Dimension Wellness um, is about and where that came about? Yeah. So with Dimension Wellness, um, again, when I first got started, I, I assumed I only wanted to work with women in the capacity of like their Uh, just wellness, which is like mind, body, and soul, because that was all I knew, you know, mind, body, and soul, mental health. Um, And with wellness, there's many different dimensions to it. You know, it's more than just, you know, the health aspect that a majority of us assume wellness means. So that's where the name came from, Dimensioned Wellness. And um, it's a, we, we do a lot of what it is that we did back then when we first got started in 2014. Only difference is now my primary focus is just the business coaching. Um, But at that Mm -hmm. time, we were providing like wellness-based coaching, empowerment-based coaching. um, And we started off with like a sick, well, it was a four-week program then called Life Coach School. Um, And then in 2016, uh, we relaunched it as Life Coach School 2.0. So it has like six weeks to it as compared to the original four. And that's Mm -hmm. basically a school, like a program uh, for aspiring coaches that want to become certified. So that was where we started uh, with Dementia Wellness. Okay. So what inspired you to write your book, Dear Pink? Uh, And that's like, just so people know, that's pink with a Q. (laughs) So you can explain how that that came about. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I've always had a knack for journaling as a teen. I'm an only child. So my mom growing up, she always said, you need to be able to write in your journal, not a diary. You need a journal. And I was like, man, you know, as a teenager, you're like, man, I'm not writing in no journal. You know, what's the point? (laughs) 
So my mother used to give me these different journals, um, affirmations, things like that. She always was trying to uplift me as a teen because you know how teens are always going through different things. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, well, what's the point of this journal? You know, what am I going to do with this? I'm a kid. I just want to have fun. Um, and then one day I finally picked it up um, and it became like a daily routine for me where I would kind of check in or express different things that I was feeling as a teenager, different uh, trials and tribulations that I was going through at the time. And I would always start off with dear, you know, dear God or dear Brittany. It was always dear mm-hmm. something. Um, by the time I, you know, made it to like my senior year in high school, completely, you know, forgot about those journals. I got busy with sports and so on and so forth. <laughs> You know, I just was like, I forget these things, right? Mm -hmm. Got into college, um, you know, kind of journaled, you know, dibbled and dabbled in just a little bit um, and then became an adult. And I said, man, where are those doggone journals? And there were all these great entries that I was writing as a teen about different things that I had made it through um, Mm because I've been a victim of sexual assault, um, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found it so interesting. And by the time I launched my business, again, I still had these journals at, from when I was a teen. I said, I'm going to write a book um, where I'm saying like, dear woman. So that's where the cue comes in because I only create things for women, for queens. Mm-hmm. So we replace the K for a Q gotcha. for the queens. Gotcha. I get it. So Yeah. So the book is really an ode to women and each chapter kind of breaks down uh, just womanhood, transitioning as a teen into a a woman and the different things that we all go through, you know, financial things, finding love, finding our career, you know, spirituality, all that is in there. But it started off again with those different journal entries that I had uh, as a teenager. Wow. That's beautiful. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. So you now have a co-working space for women. Um, right. Is that, is that's pink ink, correct? Is that what it's mm-hmm. That's pink ink. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Okay. So can you share what that's all about? What inspired that? Yes. So pink ink, we actually rebranded dimensioned wellness into pink ink. Just kind of made sense to have everything underneath like one umbrella. So we call mm-hmm. pink ink like the headquarters for women who mean business. Mm. So we integrated all the different coaching that we provide, the business coaching, the wellness coaching, um, the the school that I mentioned before. um, And then we were providing all of these like secondary services for our clients, such as virtual assistant services. Um, What else are we doing? Oh, social media management, things like that. And I said, you know what? Let's not just offer it just to our clients. Let's also offer it like a la carte to just the other women that we serve, you know, globally or the women that come into our co-working space. Mm-hmm. So essentially, regardless if you're a member of Pink Online or actually coming into our Richmond co-working space, we pretty much have a service for anything that you're going to need for your business. Um, so Pink Inc., it's a headquarters for us, but it's also a headquarter for women in business. Um, it's like 4,000 square feet here. We have a conference room. We have a floor that's solely dedicated to like just the open, you know, shared space for co-working. And then our third floor is where all of our private offices are. So we really have, you know, a different range of what you're able to do here at the actual space. You have multiple floors. Excuse me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) I got to stop in on my next visit to Richmond. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, please come by. Love it. Okay, so I mean, you're doing all these amazing things for women and helping people to succeed. Have you had any mentors or coaches that have helped you along the way? Um, you know what? To be honest with you, when I first got started, no. Um, because life coaching, I kind of, or at least it was new to me. Um, here in the states, so I didn't have a mentor at that time. I didn't have a coach at that time. Um, by year, year three, maybe year three or year two, um, I spoke at a conference in, I believe India. And there was a woman that I met there, um, that was a business coach. And apparently she had been doing it for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of consider her a mentor for me. She checks in with me. I check in with her, um, any ideas that I have that are on a, like a global aspect, I always ask her. Because again, anyone that's able to thrive their business for 20 plus years right. and residing in, you know, New Delhi, I'm like, I need to be able to connect <laughs> and ask some questions because <laughs> that's a tough market, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would probably consider her, um, but it, it is pretty, it's kind of tough um, for this industry because again, it's, it's somewhat new. Um, and a lot of times with coaches, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of times with just women in business, it's hard to find somebody that's willing to provide you with the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To kind of yep. say, look, this is what I did. Let me give you a step up to show you this is what I did. I don't want you to make these same mistakes, if that right. makes sense. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, and that's why, I mean, even now I try my best, whether it's with the young teen girls or young entrepreneurs where you know, I give a portion of my time to mentoring them um, free of charge right. outside of, you know, the women that pay for my coaching services and also spending time around people that can help mentor me to help, you know, lift me up. So there's a, a cycle. Absolutely. It's so, so needed. And sometimes we have to be the first ones to do it yes. in order for others to say, you know what, let me go ahead and do this too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lead by example. That's what I say. Yes. Lead by example. Mm -hmm. So you, you spoke earlier about, you know, your adversities when you started out in, in, in coaching. So mm -hmm. I guess between the time that you started and now, have there been any major adversities that you've had to overcome to get to where you are oh yeah um <laughs> yes ma'am spill um, the tea i'm about to spill the tea for y'all so there's been quite a few um as a woman of color uh a lot of times trying to or doing business even just stateside mm -hmm. times they'll see a woman of color and they're like okay well where's your boss i get that quite often Oh, and I'm wow. like, no, well, I, I'm actually the owner, uh, you know, and I, I'm looking to partner with you, me and my business. So that's, you know, I, I'm numb to it now, but it is something that I've, I've definitely come across a few times, especially with trying to acquire this building that I'm in currently. It was extremely difficult. And I don't know if this is just a Virginia thing, but it was <laughs> extremely difficult to find a realtor to just pick up the phone. Oh, wow. Um, and whenever I say that, people are like, what? And I'm like, it's it's it was very difficult. It took me at least two to three months just to get someone to answer the phone, are respond back to emails, things of that nature. I am so serious. Wow. And it almost made me say, you know, forget this, because if they can't answer the phone, they most certainly don't deserve my money. Um, 
but it ended up working out. I had to do the footwork. I had to find the building on my own, which is just ridiculous. Um, but it was, it was quite difficult having those wow. different conversations, um, assuming that, um, you know, again, that there was this large machine behind me or I'm trying to find a building for someone else. No, it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can be a little bit, um, a little bit sad, you know, that that's what women have to go through. So that was definitely one. Um, even some of the interviews that I've done again here in Virginia, <laughs> a lot of their questions are, are, they're not very celebratory. It's like, well, how did you do this? You know, mm-hmm. type of thing. I get mm-hmm. that quite often. And I really, I, I'll be honest with you. And I think it's by the grace of God. I've, I haven't received any type of negative press ever before outside of the ones that I've kind of done in this pocket here in Virginia. And I've lived in Virginia for decades, um, but I never really focused much on expanding my business where I reside, which may mm-hmm. sound kind of backwards. Nope, um, but to you me. know, people say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. You get it. You get mm-hmm. it. But like, um, you know, they always say it's always the hardest where you live. Yeah, you know, where you think you would you'd get an easier time for things. So. That's been a major part of adversity uh, newly with the the new business that we have um, with the commercial real estate. Um, Before this, I would definitely say in other countries, a lot of times as a woman of color, um, you know, they're like, what are your credentials? What is it that you can offer here? Do you know our language? And those are really standard inquiries. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not really shaken by that. But um, I notice again with doing business in other countries, that's they're not even that concerned with what I can do for them. It's always, you know, or who are you? How long have you been doing this? You know, mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, right. Whenever you're trying to do business in another country, so really just those things primarily. The other stuff, I'm just numb to it. I'm like, hey, this this is just part of business. Like when you talked about, um, you know, the difficulties that you have in your own city. That Mm -hmm. I can completely resonate with. And I know a lot of other female entrepreneurs, women of color, that have the Mm -hmm. exact same issue. And I mean, it was was women in the Toronto area when I was on my entrepreneur start that didn't Mm -hmm. embrace me. They did that. You can't sit with us kind of thing. Uh, And uh that's what inspired me to actually focus in more on the US and that opened doors yeah. for me in South Africa and you know and in the UK it it's there's some saying I can't remember what the saying is called but it's like you can't be um what's the word um it's like basically you can't expect to be you know celebrated in your own city right. or town right uh, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate but the people they look at you like oh that's just Britney and no matter how right. you evolve as a, a a woman, as a person, um, you know, as a business owner, they still look at you and how they saw you. So they're right. familiar with you. Um, mm-hmm. And that familiarity, you know, they get comfortable. And it's not to say that you're looking for recognition from them or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, we should all be able to celebrate our successes. And sure, it's unfortunate that we have to get comfortable you know, working outside of our city or country or whatever to feel celebrated. Um, but, you know, one, one thing that I go by is I, I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. So the, yeah. the, 
Yeah. Same here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Same it, here. It, it's also a plus, you know, a beauty of being able to make an impact um, internationally and in other places and connect with other cultures and religions and lifestyles. And you gain a broader perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really pushes you to get a broader um, perspective just on cultures and just people in general. I think if it would have been easy for the both of us where we currently reside, we, you know, what we never know, we might have just tried to have our businesses just here and would have never had the opportunities in other countries, you know, and things of that nature. So I I welcome it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's why I, when I have women that complain about certain things, I'm like, if you take that same Uh, challenge and -hmm. you look at it from a different angle you can see how many other doors that can open up for you you know so you know what you're saying about looking at it as a positive it's definite because it it, if I hadn't looked at working outside of Toronto or Canada Mm -hmm. I probably would have switched industries because I would have been like oh you know what this isn't working for me there isn't a customer base here I can't do this here But being able to look elsewhere and expand and serve on a greater capacity has been life-changing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally agree with you on that. So (laughs) what advice would you give a woman who is, let's say, stuck? She wants to be an entrepreneur, but she's not sure what first steps to take. Um, I always would say market research. Market research is so key before investing time and money. Um, Because once you start something, especially as a business, you want to make sure that you're going to be able to be fully committed to whatever it is, you know, that you're saying that you want to sell or do as an entrepreneur, because there's really not a button where you can say, oh, forget this. You know, I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really work like that. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you fully understand what comes with your industry, what comes with running the business, maintaining the business and how to grow the business that's definitely the first place that I would start. So growing, mm. maintaining, and what it entails is, is, is rule number one before you get into anything. Mm, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, with, I mean, with everything that you're doing with, you know, um, coaching and having the workspace and traveling, obviously, as, as a woman, some of that can be pretty overwhelming. So what is your Oof. self-care routine? Last year, I started waking up at 5.30 a.m. each day, and I am not a morning person, but I <laughs> notice when I'm able to start my day a lot earlier to, first of all, meditate and to not feel so rushed, because when I feel rushed, I start feeling anxious. I start getting overwhelmed. I'm not as good as a, as a business owner because I'm like, oh, I got to hurry up and get this done or, oh, I need to hurry up and rush to get to this place. So switching things around where I can take my time in the morning talk to God. If I don't talk to God, my day is just thrown off. Mm. Um, So that is definitely part of my self-care, making sure that I have those different routines to make sure that I'm equally paying attention to my needs as a person before I start taking care of my business as a business owner. Um, That really has helped me tremendously um, with not getting overwhelmed and burned out. Mm. Um, Another thing that really works is traveling. And I know for me, a bulk <laughs> of my travel is is business based, but mm-hmm. just being on the plane, like that quiet time where no one can send me a 
doggone L or call me about something, <laughs> I enjoy it. Right. <laughs> I enjoy it. I don't care. If the, I mean, the longer the flight, the better. Like, I welcome it. Um, I really, really do. So that really, I, I mean, if I could travel every week somewhere, I would just, I'd be in heaven. But mm. being able to maybe travel at least like once a month and internationally is like every three to six months. That works for me. It's it's just right for me to have those breaks on the plane or once I get there, explore, exploring other countries and other people outside of, you know, these four walls of your day-to-day business uh, management type of thing. I love it. Well, prayer and travel are definitely on my self-care uh, routine rotation as well. I don't know yes. who I'd be or where I'd be without you know, having God in my life and the traveling aspect. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Once I realized, like (laughs) (laughs) once I realized the, the, the mind shift um, in, in traveling, Mm -hmm. it's like, I I need somewhere to go every month. I feel like I I get an itch if I haven't traveled in in a month. Like where, where can I go? Where can we go? If I haven't scheduled to be somewhere for business, where can we go? Even for a weekend, like where can we go? Exactly. I'm like, we got to get out of here. I don't care where it is. Let's just get out of here. So I, I agree with that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, okay. So I read this article that said that your favorite type mm-hmm. of shoe says a lot about your personality. So I've been asking mm-hmm. all the women that come on the show what their favorite type mm-hmm. of shoe is because, I mean, it's no surprise my whole entire brand is based around stilettos and it's the whole you know backstory of walking in purpose and walking by faith and feeling uplifted and all that good stuff but mm-hmm. um my question to you Brittany, is what is your favorite type of shoe is it a high heel a running shoe a flat a stiletto a flip-flop a wedge ah you know it's definitely a stiletto heel hmm. Okay. I will say this too. I'm noticing in my older years, I like a stiletto (laughs) heel that I can also pair (laughs) with a little flat just in case I need it. Okay. So for women who love stilettos, you work hard and have Mm -hmm. excellent taste. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you'd like to second that with with, with a flat, uh, women who love flats, uh, you're behind the scenes leaders. Oh, okay. I can see a combination of those two. I'm definitely more of a stiletto girl, but if my dogs are barking, I'm sliding on the flats. <laughs> those days of just pushing through my feet hurt are over. <laughs> Listen, I was just saying this. Um, so I was speaking at an entrepreneur event this weekend and one of the girls came up to me and then all of a sudden there was like a crew of girls around me and they were talking about my stilettos um, mm-hmm. and asking, you know, a bunch of questions. But one of them was talking about, you know, not being able to wear stilettos at all. And I was saying, you know, I used to be able to run a marathon in stilettos. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm like not too far away from turning 40, it's like, uh, you may see the stiletto on for the picture or for me to get to the event and sit down. Yeah. But as soon as I get to the car, I need my running shoes, my, my flats, my chucks, whatever. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. do it. Same. Same here. Same here. (laughs) That's funny. So, okay. So for the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her stilettos where I really just ask some uh, quick reflection questions 
uh, and you can share, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, okay. I'm going to start with name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. <sighs> let's see, let's see, let's see. Probably it's either the four agreements or the alchemist. It, it's mm-hmm. between those two. Um, I read both books, maybe undergrad and you know how you read something when you're in school and you're like, I just want to get this project over so I can get this grade. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't, I didn't really understand the depths of what they were talking about. And then I reread them as an adult and I totally looked at the book differently. I looked at my life differently. I looked at my decisions different. So I'd have to say both of them, they, they both. I read them like around the same time. I was like, ma'am, this is impactful. I Mm -hmm. see why this book is, you know, something that people are always like, you need to read this. You need to read this. I see why. Um, It's a total game changer and shifts the mind. I love it. I've read The Alchemy a couple of times. The other one you mentioned, I have not Mm -hmm. yet. So that'll be on my reading list for this year. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What failure has taught you the most about life? Failure, I've learned that it's it's part of life. That's for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that we have to expect failure around every corner, but just be prepared. Be prepared mm-hmm. for wins, but also be prepared for maybe some stuff just is not going to work, mm-hmm. you know, or you're not going to get the result that you want, but possibly it's the result that God wants. Mm-hmm. So True. Even if things go left or they go right, I'm like, well, if I believe that God is is guiding me, God is my anchor, then this is definitely what he wanted. He wanted it to happen this way. So it's mm-hmm. my job to make sure that I figure out what's the solution or, you know, what is the purpose from this so that I can move on to the next thing. Right. So just being more accepting um, of failure, because a lot of times failure will hit us and we were you know, we thought that this was going to be our big break or this was going to mm-hmm. be it. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, your whole world changes because you were relying on this thing, you know, for an earth shattering thing. But again, it may just be predestined. This is what was supposed to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So. We we have this expectation, you know, that we want mm-hmm. things to work out a certain way. And God's plan <laughs> isn't necessarily, <Yeah. laughs> you know, the same as our plan. Um, okay, no. so do you have a favorite failure? To date, my favorite failure would be, you know, right before I started my business. Um, I told a lot that my life was supposed to go a completely different direction. And everything went wrong. You know, the mental health went wrong. My finances went wrong. I was engaged and I wasn't. Everything went wrong at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my favorite failure because it led me to a world and a lifestyle and a way of thinking that I didn't even know I was capable of experiencing. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely my favorite failures. Okay. So far. Okay. Uh, If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. I've had it. I've had one in Times Square and that was amazing. But if I was to go bigger than that, I'd probably say (laughs) there is a billboard um, next to LAX that I see whenever I fly in and it's huge. And there's always something about like movie stars on there. Mm -hmm. And I always said, 
I'm the type of person where I see something, I'm like, okay, how much does that cost? And who do I need to get in contact with <laughs> type of thing? So I would choose a billboard that's like right next to LAX. Um, and it's a digital type of billboard. And normally they only have, you know, signs up there about the latest movies or something dealing with like a movie star. Mm-hmm. But if I was able to get that billboard, I would definitely hope that it would maybe feature like, this is where I'm getting ready to open my next location for pink. Um, Mm. Right now we're trying to work out franchising pink and having multiple locations. So LA is definitely on the radar. So that would be an awesome way to market, you know, the Mm -hmm. announcement that, Hey, we're in LA now. Love it. Love it. We're supposed to Mm -hmm. actually be going to my first visit to LA um, in April, but um, there's a few other travel plans that, are gonna mess up that date but i am that's la's on my list it's been on my list for a couple years i don't know why i have not been there yet but um, yes i'm manifesting it for you i'm putting it out there because i cannot wait when i arrive in la to see your billboard beside (laughs) lax (laughs) i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to the sunshine because toronto is not warm right now (laughs) Mm -mm. virginia isn't either oh goodness Okay. Uh, let's see. Maybe one or two quick questions. Uh, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Um, belief, I would say just just solely just relying on God. Mm. He is the CEO. Uh, he's the head of this whole thing. I know it sounds cliche, but I have to be able to just relinquish that power that I need to make decisions about everything and you know, I'm the, the the whole being of every move that I make, just relying on him. That mm-hmm. has helped me tremendously because owning, you know, multiple businesses, um, having staff, I mean, it's a lot of work and it's yes. definitely a lot of pressure. It's so much pressure um, to get things done. And just having that time with him, just knowing that, okay, I'm making the, r- the right decision if I'm letting him lead me, that helps me tremendously. Um, as far as I forgot the second part of what you said outside of um, beliefs. Uh, so it was what new belief, behavior or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Um, as far as habits, definitely that 530 a.m. thing that I mentioned <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a morning person. Um, and that just that just helps. You're able to get done way more things by waking up earlier because you know as you get a little bit older I'm, I'm you know hand to god like around eight o'clock i start getting tired so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no good after eight o'clock um so that that has helped me that new habit this new behavior of just waking up early and getting things done and also training my team to do the exact same thing mm. all so can be on the same level of completion and and success you know overall love it okay Final question. What have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? <laughs> I am a really good. <laughs> I say it must have been a big one because the sirens went off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would say definitely with saying no. Um, I think the bigger your business is, or just sometimes just having a business, mm-hmm. um, ex- especially as a woman of color, mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll get these inquiries or, hey, can you sponsor this? And mm-hmm. there's just not even enough information in the, in the first place. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we assume she's a woman, I'm a woman, she'll give me the money or 
she'll give me this for free. No, you know, I have to be able to run my business like a business in the same expectations that maybe some of our counterparts may have before they sign off for something or partner with you or give you a check for $10,000. Right. Over here too. So I'm really good now at saying no to projects or partnerships um, with others where they don't even have enough. I mean, you're even presenting it, you know, in a way that you present it to a counterpart. Mm-hmm. So that was really a struggle with me before. Everyone wants to partner, but they don't have a full plan together. It's just like, hey, can you sponsor this? Or, hey, let's partner. Okay, well, what do you want to partner about? I don't know right. yet. Well, then, right. you know, you're not ready to reach out yet, right. you know, type of thing. I want to be able to manage my time and I don't want to waste my time or yours. So mm-hmm. I'm good at saying no, you know, about things like that. I love that. And, you know, I as well had to learn that um, and and quickly because when mm-hmm. people see you doing things, you get flooded with requests through DMs and emails and, yeah. you know, phone calls of people that you haven't seen or spoken to in 20 years of, you know, right. what they want from you. They haven't asked, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to give anything. And then sometimes their ask isn't specific. And then because they don't get the response that they want, they're upset now, but it, you haven't right. been specific about what it is that you want. You don't even know what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You wow. want something and you want me to tell you what you want? That, that's, right. That's too much work. Like, I know that there's the word coach in front of our title, but like, we cannot, yeah. <laughs> we cannot make decisions for you. We can help guide you and give you some direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. So I would want you to uh, tell everybody where they can stay connected with you online. Yay. Okay. So you guys can stay connected with me a few different ways. If you type in pink ink, um, you definitely will find our website and that's P-I-N-Q-I-N-C.com. Um, as far as social media is concerned, uh, pink ink again, P-I-N-Q-I-N-C on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, in addition to that, I think I'm probably more popular with the life coach Brittany page, um, where you're able to get, of course, the business part of what we do at pink ink, but also some, some behind the scenes on just my daily routine as a business owner, just as a woman, I think it's really important to share your lifestyle too. So I share that on social media, uh, Instagram, and that's Life Coach Brittany, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Love it. Love it. I will be posting the links to your website and your socials um, in the details of your podcast. So they can just click right there and connect with you instantly without having to search. Perfect. Good. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, I mean, I want to thank you, Brittany, for sharing all of your wonderful gems. You know, we first connected a few years ago. Um yeah. Funny enough, <laughs> when you first reached <laughs> out to me, I was like, who is this lady and what does she want? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I do want to thank you because I believe it was your um, creating your, your destiny tour where mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to speak on my first panel in the U.S. If I think about oh, it, nice. I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I since never- then... <laughs> Yeah, since then I've just I've watched you evolve and I've watched you grow and I've just been cheering you on. Um and I cannot wait to not only see your billboard next to LAX. Um, 
But I'm going to come out to Richmond. I actually uh, passed through there about a month ago. So my next visit out in that direction, I will stop by and see Pink Ink and check out your workspace and share visuals on social with with all the amazing women that are listening. Um, But I just want to thank you once again for coming on and sharing all your jewels. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's, it's, again, it's just so crazy to see how we've all just grown, you know, tremendously since the uh, Create Your Destiny Tour. And I'm mm-hmm. really happy that we were able to connect with you uh, and stay connected because you're doing a lot of amazing things as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Is there any last minute words you want to give to the women out there listening? Ah, you know what? Let me think. Let me think. Something good. I definitely would say, (laughs) just to close out, Mm -hmm. figure out what you're passionate about. Figure out whatever you're passionate about things just because it's popular. I always say passion over popularity because Mm -hmm. popularity will fade. But being passionate about something and getting paid for it, there's nothing like that in the world. So definitely figure out what you're passionate about and then obviously try to find a way to monetize from it as well. That's the goal. Love it. And and that's where they can connect with us and we will help guide them through that. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. So to all of our listeners, until next time, download the Awaken My Stilettos app and subscribe to our newsletter at awakenmystilettos.com. And don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple. Like, let us know. What did you think about what Brittany had to share? Give us your feedback. We love to hear from you. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.